In the course of this study, we have been seeing how Paul has been reminding the Romans that it was a good thing not to eat or drink anything that would cause a brother or sister to stumble. They were, in fact, to do whatever led to peace for the body of Christ. Peace, of course, was essential if they were going to have any kind of impact on their community. It was also essential if they were going to maintain fellowship with the Lord their God. And so as a result, the Apostle Paul challenges the Romans not to destroy what God had been doing in the life of another believer for the sake of food or drink. Now, while Paul had no problem with eating anything that was put before him, he would not do so if it meant that it would cause a brother or sister to stumble. We can sin by doing what is right if we do so at the wrong time or in the wrong place or with the wrong attitude. And Paul has been reminding the, the believers in Rome that instead of uh, seeking to do what they wanted to do, they were to strive for peace and mutual upbuilding. And if they were going to do this, they needed to be sensitive to each other and to the diversity of the body of Christ. Not everyone in the body of Christ is at the same place theologically or, or spiritually. There is going to be a diversity of opinions in, in the Christian life and, and, and practice or about the Christian life and practice. And we ought to expect this in the church of our day, just as the apostle experienced it in his day. Now, in Romans chapter 14 and verse 22, the apostle challenges the Romans with the following words. And this is what we want to take a moment to look at in this session. Romans 14, 22 says this, The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. Let's take some time here in this episode to break down what Paul is saying in this verse and see what it teaches us about pursuing peace in the body of Christ. Paul begins verse 22 with a word about faith. The faith that you have, he says. Now, the use of the word faith is important in this context. By using the word faith, the apostle's describing something that is much more than just a personal opinion or preference. It's even more than an intellectual understanding or observation. The faith that Paul speaks about here in this context is a personal conviction before God. Those who had this faith had a sense of freedom in the Lord in what they did. Now, the apostle spoke about this in, in verse 6 of Romans 14 when he says, The one who observes today observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. 
Paul speaks here in verse 6 to about two individuals. The first had a faith that allowed him to observe special days and to abstain from certain foods, and he did so to the honor of the Lord, and in this he gave thanks. This was his conviction, that he needed to observe these days and abstain from these foods. On the other hand, there was the second individual that Paul speaks about here who ate all foods and rejoiced in eating all foods and did so with a thankful heart. This was his faith conviction. The faith conviction that these men had was different, but both of them glorified God in what they did. Notice something else about this phrase. Paul speaks here about the faith that you have. Now consider the word you there. You is important. The implication of this word is that my faith conviction may differ from someone else. The faith that you have. And and I, we need to understand here that there is a world of difference between the faith that I have as a believer in the Lord Jesus and sin. If I choose to observe a day as sacred to the Lord and feel convicted that I need to do that, I do not sin even if my brother or sister does not observe that day themselves. Throughout the history of the church, we have seen God working in in great saints of the faith in, in many different ways. Jeremiah and the Apostle Paul, for example, had a faith conviction that they were not to marry. God spoke to Jeremiah about that. Ezekiel and Peter, on the other hand, did not share that conviction as both of them had wives. Other saints have felt the conviction of the Spirit of God to live simple lives, uncluttered with the the wealth of this world. And so they lived in isolation from other people and in absolute poverty. On the other hand, Jesus was often blessed by wealthy families who supported him and fed him and provided for him in his ministry. I can remember being part of a church where the pastors of the church were were convicted that they were called to evangelize. And every message they spoke was about evangelism and the need to come to the Lord and a salvation message. And it was easy for us to feel under that ministry that if we did not have that conviction, we could feel very guilty. And, and But we need to understand that that was their faith, conviction, and calling of the Lord. But God has not called us all to the same ministry. When Paul uses the word or the phrase, the faith that you have, he is reminding us that we are different and we all have different God-given convictions about how he wants us to live our lives. And we must recognize that the faith conviction that I have from God may not be shared by my brother or my sister. Notice what Paul goes on to say in verse 22. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. The faith conviction I have from God may be very personal to me. Now, the Lord has called me to minister in in world missions, but that does not mean that everyone should have that same calling from God. 
just because I have freedom to eat or drink something doesn't mean that my brother or sister has the same freedom from the Lord. While we all must glorify God in our hearts and lives, we are all called to do so in a different way. God has given me a faith conviction about what he has called me to do, but that is not necessarily the conviction he has given to my brother or sister. This conviction I must keep between myself and God, and I must walk in obedience to that faith conviction that God has given me for my life and his purpose for my life. Now, Scripture is also clear to us that we are all to let our light shine so that people can see our, our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Scripture also challenges us to be ready to give a defense or an answer for the hope that is in us from the Lord. And so there's certainly a time for us to share boldly our faith and, and, and to share that without reservation or hesitation. But there is also a time for us to keep our faith convictions between ourselves and God. If the Lord has called you to pray and fast at a regular interval, you don't need to broadcast that to everyone. That is a matter between you and God. That is his heart for you for a given time and period. If the Lord has convicted you about giving generously to a certain cause, again, you do not need to announce that to the church. This is a matter between you and the Lord your God. You keep it to yourself. You walk in obedience. You do not seek to broadcast it. It is between you and your God. Now, in the context of Romans chapter 14, we see that there is yet another reason to keep the faith that we have between ourselves and God. When a brother or sister differs from us in a matter of, of practice that does not lead to sin, there are times when if I share my opinion about this matter, I can cause him to stumble. Imagine that your brother feels convicted of the Lord to observe a day as sacred to the Lord. And you determine that this is not necessary from a biblical point of view. And so you set time aside to convince him from the Bible that this practice observing a special day is sacred to the Lord is not necessary. By doing so, would you not grieve your brother who has been led by God to observe this day? Is it even possible that this you might lead your brother to disregard the, the faith conviction he has been given by God to practice this day or to observe this day as sacred before the Lord? There are times when we must allow people to have their faith convictions before God and to exercise those convictions even though they are different from what we feel they should be doing. There are times when it is better not to share opinion or, or faith conviction. And this is especially true when by doing so, we cause a brother or sister to become distracted from the purpose of God for their lives. And it is best to keep our convictions to ourselves if by sharing those opinions and convictions, we cause deeper controversy in the church, cause a brother or sister to wander from God's purpose, or cause division 
within the context of the body of Christ. Now, there are those who struggle with what Paul is saying here about keeping their faith convictions between themselves and God. They feel that they'd be hypocritical if they did something one way before one brother and a different way before another brother. If a brother drinks a glass of wine in front of one brother and abstains in front of a second brother, is he being a hypocrite? But let me say this to you. There is a world of difference between being a hypocrite and being sensitive to where a brother is in his walk with God. If I do not do something that will hurt my brother, I'm not being a hypocrite. I'm being sensitive to his faith convictions and allowing him the privilege of having that conviction and respecting that conviction in my brother. Now, there's a second issue that people have with keeping their faith convictions between themselves and God, and this has to do with their need to defend the truth. Someone will feel very strong about a particular practice or, or doctrine, and they feel the need to defend that position at every point. And they cannot see how anybody could ever have see anything different from what they see. That was the problem in the church in Corinth. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 to 13, we read the words of Paul to the church in Corinth. And he says this, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus, that all of you agree and that there be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that you are quarreling among your, my brothers. What I mean is that each of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? You see, the church in in Corinth was divided over personalities and ministry styles. Now, there's a point for us to defend the faith, but there's also a time to accept our differences. And the church in Corinth needed to recognize that while there were differences, they were not to be focusing on all those differences, but in their commonality, in their, the, the similar purpose that they had to follow and to glorify Christ and to put aside these differences for the sake of Christ and harmony in the body of Christ so that the body of Christ could walk faithfully together. Notice finally how Paul concludes verse 22. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. Let me read the New Living Translation and how it translates this, this verse. The New Living Translation puts it this way. 
Blessed are those who do not condemn themselves by doing something they know is all right. Blessed are those who do not condemn themselves by doing something they know is all right. There is a blessing in not condemning yourself by doing what is right at the wrong time, in the wrong way, or with the wrong motive. Someone may say to me, Wayne, you're, you're ugly. Now, maybe that's true, but I don't actually need to hear that truth. And if you say that to someone, the wrong person, you may seriously offend that person. Some truth does not actually have to be spoken. You might say the truth all right, but you have condemned yourself in what you have said by offending your brother or sister. Speaking the truth requires great wisdom. Paul says to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. I can use the truth like a sledgehammer to crush the spirit of those who hear it. But that would not be speaking the truth in love. And I would dare to say that there are times that the loving thing to do is to refrain from speaking, refrain from criticizing, refrain from saying the truth, even though it is the truth. It is times, there are times when it is the most peaceful thing to do to refrain and to hold back rather than to blurt out the truth and condemn ourselves because of the attitude and our wrong timing and our wrong motives, we are called to peace. And learning to live at peace at times requires that I learn to keep the faith that I have, the faith conviction that I have between myself and God.